On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking to Gina. She's an incredible wife, mother, and an owner and founder of Seat Sational. And it's a product company that she actually created and is actually in patent pending. And I am so excited to talk to her about motherhood, how in the world to balance business and motherhood and wifehood, is that even a word? And about partnerships, because I'm so excited. She just partnered up with Tiffany Crewman's The... Uh, the winner of Shark Tank. So I'm really, really excited to have um, to have that insight from her point of view and how it is to work with a partner, how it is to work with Tiffany, and if it has grown her business and how and what are some benefits of having a partner. Gina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Vicki. It's absolutely a pleasure, Gina, and I'm so thankful to you for coming on because I understand this is not the best timing, and with the, all the technical difficulties, it can kind of throw us uh, off, but I really appreciate you for making the time and pushing through and coming on the show. My pleasure. I'm happy to help out, and I'll do anything for a fellow mom entrepreneur as well. Thank you so much, Gina. Okay, so um, this is a just a conversation between you and I. Pretend we're like having coffee. So I'm really excited because um, when we get together, um, we, when we women talk about things that matter to us, we can make such a big impact on the world and such a big impact on other mothers who are listening uh, to us and watching us live from their homes and are trying to do the same thing, run a business and be the, the best mom and wife that they can be. So Gina, can you tell us your story? How did you get started online? I mean, how did you get started with your business? How, like, how many years ago was that? I'd love to hear. Uh, my, I've been in business for over five years, and um, I think I fell upon the idea of um, the concept um, for seat cover wraps um, by accident. My background is advertising and marketing, and mm. I have um, a flair for interior design as well. Um, I was attending an event with my children at a um, a Disney on Ice event at the Palace Sports and Entertainment here in Auburn Hills. And I was looking around at the Jumbotron, all the ads, everything going on in the arena. And I noticed um, that everybody else was not necessarily looking at all the ads. And I I know how much marketers pay for those ads. Yeah, yeah. So when we were at the event, I noticed everybody was pretty much people watching and looking at the seat in front of them, just looking at the other people around them. And then I had, if you will, an aha moment. And I thought, oh, my goodness, why don't they just wrap the seats with their marketing or their advertising or whatever idea they want to get across to their customers? Why don't they put it on every seat in the arena? That's incredible. Uh, so I kind of looked at it as a spectator's point of view as well as a marketing's point, marketer's point of view. And then from that idea, um, I took it to um, a seamstress and asked her if she could help me put a prototype together. And from there, we started putting a prototype together and developed the seat covers that we are selling currently. Okay, so this is so incredible to me because it happens so organically. Um, did you um, want to have a business and run a business? Were you out and about looking for signs of a business idea? Or 
it, it literally just happened like out of the blue. Well, I think um, like the American dream, I've always thought about, oh, it'd be great to own my own business. It'd be great to come up with some great idea someday. I, I um, watched Shark Tank with my family and I thought, oh my gosh, that's great that people are coming up with great ideas and selling them. So I kind of had that drive as well in the back of my mind. Um, and then the opportunity just happened to come to me when I was at this event and I thought, Hey, I can do this too. I see people on Shark Tank doing it every day. Um, and inventor shows, I thought I could try this as well. They inspired me. So I thought, why not? Exactly. Exactly. So amazing. Okay. So you have this idea. What did it take you for, from taking the idea into actual actual product and what was the timeline like? Well, the timeline, first of all, um, I had the idea, first and foremost, I did call other people that I knew that had started their own business to make sure, you know, was this a good idea? Should I move forward with it? And just getting their opinion. And mm. everybody said, you should definitely go for it, that the biggest difference between somebody making it and not making it is people that just come up with an idea and exactly. sit on it and don't do anything with it. So um, I was given good advice from people, and they said, just go ahead and, you know, move forward with your idea if you're passionate about it. So um, moving forward with that, I decided to go for it. Um, I contacted a seamstress, and I kind of started coming to, um, coming up with ideas of how to wrap an arena seat um, or a folding seat cover, a, a folding seat at an event or a sporting event. So we made the prototype. Um, then I contacted a printer to put the logo on the front, the back, kind of toyed around with that. And then from there, I just took my idea and started pitching it to um, local arenas. And I was fortunate enough because everybody loved the concept from the start. So I, I too really love the concept and it's, it's so clever because once you look at, and and to make it, I don't know, more, uh, explain it more graphical, it's literally like if you're sitting at a, a sitting at a Blazers game, like a basketball game, um, instead of staring at the seat in front of you that's like black and boring, um, the arena or the team or whatever the event buys these awesome um, covers for the seat that just go up really easily and it has their colors and the branding on it, which is so brilliant. And, and so can you tell us a little bit about like the sales aspect of it? Because so many of us entrepreneurs, especially moms, like we hate asking for the sale. Like we hate going and saying like, Hey, this is what I have. Buy it from me. And then following up, can you share with us like some of the strategies that you use? Maybe some numbers as far as like how many responses you get, you, you got versus how many pitches you made. Um, because that's, that's really interesting. I think it will be very valuable for our audience because so many of us have the best products in the world, but it's, we really have to step outside our comfort zone to sell our product. Right. Well, first of all, I can show you if you want yeah, one of the yeah. for the um, audience members. Yeah, Let me show you. Just so they can get a better visual. Um, so here is um, a folding chair seat cover. Oh, so cool. this is kind of what I don't know if you can yes, see. Yes, I can see it. Yeah, I can totally so see it. So this is kind of just to give you a visual. It's kind of like an interactive, cutting edge marketing tool, but it's kind of. Um, it's the wow factor, we call it, for your brand. So here's the front. Here's the back. Um, 
you can make it the same or put a message on the back. Um, very, very cool. So just to give everybody an idea of yeah. my Thank product. you so much for sharing that. And now, like, do people um, buy, like, how many, like, okay, so let's, let's go back to about the sales, like how you pitch them and how, like, how the process went. And exactly. And part of the process was trying to figure out everything from scratch because I didn't really have a model to follow because it was a new idea, a new product that is not currently being used. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of pave my own path or blaze my own trail with this. Mm -hmm. We found that it was best to sell directly to the arenas, the stadium, the entertainment venues or um, the sporting teams um, because they own the space. Um, of which to sell the advertising, the market, mm-hmm. they want to own the space. So we started pitching directly to the arenas and stadiums. Um, I was fortunate because my first couple pitches, which doesn't always happen this way, they got the idea right away and loved it. Um, one of my first clients was Oakland University, uh, local university. They um, loved the idea and they wanted to implement it. I literally had um, like a few weeks to get the product ready and ready to launch because they love the idea. So I kind of had to um, scramble to get it um, sold to them and put on the seats, but it worked out great. So I was lucky with my first account. Um, since then, they've or- reordered four times. That's so- amazing. And so I can only imagine like for for every different event, they create different graphics or different uh, message on it, right? Yes. Well, there's, you can do, we have several product lines. One, they can keep in place. For example, Oakland University wants to mark their alumni zone. Um, so it's called the gold zone. So they leave the seat covers on all year long so that they, the alumni, the alumnus, when they come to basketball games and whatnot, they are, their section is marked. Um, but then we have other teams that use it, um, use it to brand a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And they advertise a sponsor on the back. There's also a pocket in the back where they can put brochures or um, another sponsor. So it's got it has various different uses. Um, currently, cool. currently we're trying to pitch as well for charity events to help raise donations um, with customers and audience members um, during an event. Okay, absolutely amazing. Um, incredible concept. I think the reason that you were able to catch your product was able to catch on so quickly is because there was, um, there wasn't necessarily a problem, but there was a gap in the market and you were able to fill that so beautifully. And I'm so inspired by that because so many of us like want to create something, um, or inspired to create something that somebody else already created, which is absolutely no problem. Like it, it works and there's a market for it, but you went in with no market, like nobody ever done that. And you went in, created the product. Now let's go back a little bit and talk about production. Uh, because I can only imagine like that's a lot of seat covers. And you, you said you already talked, you talked to a seamstress. What was it like? Did you have to like hire a lot of seamstresses or did she just work um, full time or did you outsource? Like, how was that like? Well, directly I had a seam. I'm fortunate. I had a seamstress already because of, um, I have, I've done interior design as well. Um, so that's been another passion of mine. So I did have a local seamstress helping me develop the product. She could keep up with, um, a few orders, but then I also had to outsource to another manufacturer that could, um, make, um, larger quantities. 
Mm, which makes sense. And did you um, keep it in the U.S. or did you outsource to China? This, or? this one is in the United States. Um, one of my manufacturers, Fairway, and they've been fabulous to work with. It's I think it's important to have a local manufacturer um, so that if you have need a quicker turnaround or you need to work on a product or fine-tune it, um, having a lo- local manufacturer allows you a quicker timeline and ease of working back and forth and making changes. So I've been fortunate um, to have a manufacturer in Michigan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the initial investment like? Was it was it like a huge investment to start? How did you communicate it with your husband? Like how was that like how was the conversation like when you're like, honey, I have this idea? Like I would love to hear like the dynamics of it. Well, it's kind of I, I feel like my, I don't know if my story's like a lot of other people, but I came up with the idea I thought it was something that I could do um, fairly reasonably priced to start out just to make a seat cover, um, to design it. I was fortunate that I told my husband, and he said, that's a great idea. You should definitely do, you know, see where it goes. I think it's always been kind of, you know, a journey to see where it goes. And we always take one year at a time to see and reevaluate, is this idea working? Um, Is there interest? Should we go forward? We reevaluate every year that I've been in business. Unfortunately, every year there's additional interest and it keeps me going and we, we get new accounts and it continues to evolve. So I've been very fortunate. Um, he was on board and we personally have just invested ourselves. We have not had any other outside investors. We've um, been fortunate just to kind of try to fund it on our own for, to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, my thoughts were, I, I, I wanted to try the idea and make sure it worked before I even of course. was involved. Of course. And that's really, really smart. It's like really testing in. Interesting that you said take it one uh, year at a time uh, because some people say one, one step at a time. And it's like, well, what's a step? Step can be a month, a year, five, whatever. But I love that you... Um, said year and that the fact that um, you were able to just let's see if it works and I'm a huge fan of Tim Ferriss and he talks about doing everything in life as an experiment anything new and actually Jonathan Fields talks about this too because when when I was just starting my business, I was like, oh, what should I do? I, I want to do this, and then I want to do this, and I want to do this. And he's like, well, try this for a short amount of time, you know, six months, and treat it as an experiment. And then if you don't enjoy or it doesn't work out, go to the next one. But that's the problem. That's if you have a problem of like multi-passions and you want to do everything at the same time. But um, I love that you, anyway, back to my point. I love that you meant um, that you treated it as an experiment and let's see if it works because then you don't get disappointed. Then you don't get your, your hopes up and, and heartbroken. So I appreciate that so much. So uh, Gina, you mentioned that, um, or from our previous conversation, that you now have a partner in your business, Tiffany Crumans, who we also had on the show a few weeks back. Yeah. And she's an incredible um, entrepreneur. But how did you find her? Like, did you know her before Shark Tank or did you re- reach out to her after Shark Tank? Yes. Well, first of all, I'm very, we're very thrilled to have Tiffany on our team. She's a great asset. We're very thankful that she saw the value in our product and wanted to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. 
I, it's funny um, how it all evolved. I, starting out as an entrepreneur and just coming up with an idea, the, one of the most important things is networking, talking to people and asking for advice from people and um, kind of asking people what road to take. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, I met her as a fellow entrepreneur. We were um, friends on Facebook and in a Facebook entrepreneur group. And we just started talking. I admired that she was working on a product, um, Ava the Elephant, and I was inspired by her journey and watching her on Shark Tank. I just connected with her, and we just became friends and kind of supported each other along the way. Um, she would share her successes with me and vice versa. And also when we had bad days, we'd kind of, you know, help each other out. So it was kind of an entrepreneur networking journey, how I met her. Um, and then we realized we kind of are on the same, um, path business wise. We have the same, um, business goals and business morals. And we thought we should really find a way to work together because I loved her product. She loved mine. And then we always said we should try to make this happen if we can someday. And then that someday was this year that we decided to just align forces. Our products um, can accent each other and then we can both grow um, from the partnership. So mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And I love that A friendship turned into partnership. That's the best kind of partnership. Um, so... I am really curious about the strengths that you have, uh, the abilities that you have, and then the abilities that Tiffany has, and then how you two are making it work. Because oftentimes in partnerships, you really have to complement each other in order to make it work. You can't really be like the same exact person because one has their strengths and one has the other. And so I'm really curious if you've ever considered that. And if so, what are some of your strengths and some of her strengths and how you are able to work together so well? Right. You bring up a good point. Actually, yes, we do have different, we have um, similar business goals, like I said, and similar business morals, and um, the trust factor was huge, but she can bring different things to the table than I could bring. She can bring connections and networking from her being on Shark Tank and the success of her product. She's able to open up several doors for me to introduce me to new, new manufacturers or new customers, um, trying to reach a different market. Um, since she's um, in the Atlanta area, mm-hmm. she's able to um, set up meetings and represent Seatsational on our behalf. So I think her act, her value is in opening doors and introducing and also encouraging me with the product and the product evolution as well mm. um, and kind of bringing our ideas together. Uh, my strengths bringing to the table are I'm very passionate about my product. I know it's a great product. I know there's a lot of interest out there. Um, I'm incredibly determined um, to see it through. I just don't always have all, you know, all the answers and all the connections in place. And that's where Tiffany comes in as well. Um, so I think the two of us work together beautifully in that regard. Um, that's, that's amazing. So um, what kind of advice do you have for mom entrepreneurs who are, who maybe have a product already and they want to join forces with somebody? What are some things that they need to consider before doing that? Well, I think it's important. Um, and Tiffany and I both realize this as well as with any partnership, you should have an agreement and make sure it is a good fit. 
make sure that you do see eye to eye on the business morals and the background and that it's a good fit. But then also you need to put contracts in place Mm -hmm. um, to keep it a business relationship as well so that each party is equally protected. Uh, I think that's kind of really important. And Tiffany and I both agree on that. Um, You kind of have to have that. You can't sing it with a friend or a partner because sometimes things don't end up the way you want them to. Um, So you need to have the business contract um, put together. So did you reach out to like a local lawyer? Did you have to have your own lawyer and Tiffany had her own lawyer? How did that work? Well, I do have as part of some of my resources, I have, um, I had an attorney help put things together. Um, and an attorney that will work with entrepreneurs so that it's an affordable rate. Um, and then I submitted a contract and then Tiffany looked it over, had some changes, had her attorney look it over, and then we solidified the agreement. It was pretty, we had to do our due diligence, but I think that the trust factor and the respect factor that I have with Tiffany really helped out a lot um, from knowing her in the previous years and how she does business and her beliefs. I think that helped as well because I felt like we were on the same page in that regard. Mm. We're both passionate. We love working together, but we also, you know, want to make a successful business. Wow, that's that's amazing. And it's so beautiful to see you guys on Facebook interact and how you two support each other. It's absolutely beautiful. So, Tiffany, shout out to you. And um, now, Gina, let's go back and talk a little bit more personal stuff. Um, so you are a mom of two amazing boys who one of them, Hunter, helped you with the show. And I'm so thankful to him for doing that, um, setting you up. And um, it's one of the benefits of having having children who are already grown up. So, like, how was it like um, raising them and taking care of them while uh-huh. building a business, while being the wife? Um, how how did those dynamics work, and how were you able to balance it all? Well, first of all, I have yes, I have a son, and I do have a daughter, um, Brooke and Hunter. My oh, son. Okay, I'm sorry. So a Brooke. son and a daughter. Okay. Yeah. And when I was contemplating launching a product in a business, I kind of, I'm the type of person that looks at worst case scenario, what's the worst that thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I realized in trying to launch it, I really have nothing to lose um, and everything to gain because even I think it goes through every entrepreneur's mind when they start a business, they're like, will this work? What if, what if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if, you know, I don't get where I want to be? Um, How did you I, deal with those thoughts? Well, I thought I went through a checklist and I thought even if I don't, it it does fail. It's kind of like nothing ventured, nothing gained. You do have to try. Um, And even worst case scenario, if I started out with an idea and put it into place and it didn't work out, I knew along the way I'd be teaching my children. Um, If I was became a success, they would learn from my success. But also if it didn't, if this, I don't want to say fail, but if it didn't come out, end up the way I wanted to, they would still learn from my mistakes and my failures and and all of that. And they'd also learn from the journey. So I thought, I really have nothing to lose. Um, 
by trying this out and launching it because my kids will gain from it as much as I will. Um, Gina, that is such a beautiful perspective. Thank you so much for shedding the light because we have to put so so much pressure on ourselves. Like what kind of example are we? We have to be successful always for our children so they can see how awesome we are. But okay, so I try not to talk too much during these interviews, but I do have something really uh, important to share on this topic. So um, there's this incredible author, speaker, entrepreneur um, by the name of Michael Hyatt. And his children, um, his five girls are often approached with, oh my gosh, you are so lucky you were brought up by your dad. He has, He's so successful. You're so blessed to be his daughter. Like, Can you imagine you just like live, li- lived in this abundant lifestyle where he taught you all these uh, success tips and stuff? And what she, she actually came out and wrote this beautiful post on, you guys, when we were living, when we were young kids, we did not have what my dad has right now. We did not like live like, like we live right now. My dad went from failure to failure, but he kept trying. He kept getting back up again. And that was the biggest inspiration for me is that when you fall, you can get back up again. And that was so inspiring to me. And if you're interested, I can linking, uh, link it up in, in um, the comments below in the show notes. But it's so inspiring that you also shared that message that the kids learn from us. They're inspired by us. Even if it's a failure, they learn and they learn to be, um, what was the right word? Um, persistent and keep trying and keep going. Yeah. Be resilient and yeah. adapt. And don't give up. Um, I think as as mom, as a mom, I think we all have guilt sometimes when we start pursuing our own interests and our own desires that we feel guilty that we're um, taking away from our children. But I thought anytime you pursue a passion or anything that you love, you're benefiting your children. Even if you're taking time out to work on that passion, your children see that. They follow that example. And it really is a win-win. Um, like I said, you just get over the mom guilt, but they're still yeah. Yeah. the journey along the way and they're benefiting from it as well. So sure. that's, I feel fortunate to be able to share that with them. Gina, you're, you're a huge inspiration to us moms. And, um, I really thank you for sharing that because I think that's a huge takeaway. Um, so if you are watching us, listening to us, I would love to hear what your takeaway is from the show because we're about to wrap up. And I'm so sad, Gina, because our time, time passed by so quickly. I can talk to you what seems like all day, um, because you're so inspirational and I can learn so much from you. But I do have a few last questions for you. Um, like what does your typical day look like? I I understand your kids are a little older now it's you know there's no diaper changers there's no mid uh midnight uh wake up calls but what are some uh, of the structures that you have during your days that help you build a successful lifestyle well first and foremost i treat it like a business even though i'm a mom entrepreneur i i established an office outside of my home and i literally work I don't want to say nine to five. I end up working a little bit longer than that, but um, I go in the office. We brainstorm. I have a team that's helping me out as well. It's I treat it like a job, and actually, just owning your own company and being passionate about what you do. I don't think I think it's difficult to shut off because there's never a time where I don't think about it and work on it. But I do treat it like a job where you go in the office, you work on it, um, you set up your meetings, you. Um, connect with other people during the day. So um, I'm lucky that, yeah, I can be a little flexible, but I do treat it more like a job. It's um, 
it's a lot of hard work, but I love it. I think that's a really great perspective because when I started my business uh, in 2012, I treated it as a hobby. And I, whenever I earned money, it wasn't like specific. It wasn't very goal oriented. And I seriously like worked on a hobby for, for a few years before I started treating it like a business. And I think that's such an important perspective because so many moms uh, do handmade stuff um, and kind of stay in that, in that level. And it's completely okay if that's what you want to do, because some moms, um, Gina, some of them who are listening right now, they, they are stay at home moms and they just want some supplemental income. Some actually work throughout the year, do creating cute, adorable baby clothing or baby accessories and save that money for a family vacation. And that is okay because I think that in every season we have our own definition of uh, work-life balance, of a uh, definition of a successful business. And so um, I admire you for sharing that. Now you'll work a little bit longer now that your kids are older and you can do that. So I really yeah. appreciate that. So Gina, yeah. how can we find you? Um, where can we find you? And um, if, for example, I am a event planner or, I mean, we have some event planners in the audience as well. How can we work with you? You can um, go to my website at seatsational.com and um, you can contact us through that, through the website. Um, and also, um, you'll see my phone number and um, a link to submit an interest or if you have an event that you want to quote the job for. Um, so, yeah, I think the best point is, part is to go to the website. Okay, great, Gina. Dot com. Um, also... Um, we have another product that's coming out that's going to be for consumers as well, too. Um, oh, please share that with us. And it is, and I have it, it's for um, travelers, and um, it's another product line. It's called Seat Sitters, and we're getting ready to launch this shortly. Um, it's disposable airline um, seat covers for when you travel with your family. Um, it's good, clean, healthy travel. So it'll be um, launched soon for um, airlines and for movie theaters. So That's incredible! I really love that idea because so many uh, travelers, uh, you know, on our airplanes. And I was actually on my flight to Portland. I was sitting in a seat, and I was like, you know, I'm not like picky or paranoid or anything, but I'm like, huh? I wonder what happened on this seat, or who sat on this seat. Or what were their, you know what I mean? And so, like, I think that, um, I love that it protects and it's yours and you can sit on it, sleep on it, have your face against it. Um, that's uh, absolutely beautiful. And uh, where can we find that? Like, is there... there uh, yes, you can go as well. Um, the product name of this is called Seat Sitters, but you can go to it as our website at seatstational.com as well. We'll be having information about how to um, purchase this product and how to make it. How we're going to make it available. Um, we're trying to make um, travel clean, healthy, and chic with this new product. So we're excited about this as well. Gina, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so proud of you because I had no idea you had that. And I cannot wait to share with uh, with our community. And I will have all the links in the show notes at mompreneurshow.com. Gina, thank you again so much for your time, hon. Great. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. You too. 
All right. Thank you so much for watching The Mompreneur Show that happens live every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. I am so happy and so thankful to you for taking your time out of your busy day and joining us here on the show. I try very hard to choose the most inspiring mom entrepreneurs of today that can really help you grow your business and really be successful in not only your business, but in all areas of your life. Again, thank you so much for watching. I'm your host, Vicky Lashenko. And I, you know what? I would like you, um, I would like to give something to you. If you go to mompreneurshow.com forward slash five mistakes, I share a very personal and very deep, I would say like outline of some of the biggest mistakes that I've made as a mom entrepreneur. And I explain a little bit about the mistake. I say a little bit, a little story and then a solution that you can do to avoid this mistake because we, we always make mistakes. And my dad always said that when we learn on the mistakes of others, we can be a lot more successful in life. So I encourage you to get that guide at mompreneurshow.com forward slash number five mistakes. I think it will really bless you and inspire you and encourage you um, and avoid those mistakes. All right. Thank you again so, so much for watching. I hope you will join us live every single Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.